Hey y'all, it's time to take a brew break. I'm Keela from Keela D Sub Creation, sharing my favorite stories 11 points at a time. You can look forward to English major insights, fangirl freakouts, and biblical tidbits as I dive deep into fiction and nonfiction stories in any form. Now grab a brew and join me for 11Zs. All right, we are back and I have Colton with me. Hello. And also our dog in the background. Hi, Sky. <laughs> She's normally Perfect. really quiet, but you know, she knew we were recording and had to do a little scritchy scratch. All right, we're live now, Sky. so let's, let's go for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> Y'all, we finally get to talk about Spider-Man. We had to wait a very long week before we could see the movie, but we finally saw it, and it's perfect because now there are 11 exactly main Spider-Man movies out in the world. So we have to do this podcast episode now before they make any more, because we know they're going to. So today's episode is the 11 Spider-Man movies ranked, according to us. So yeah, we're excited to talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. That's all we've been talking about for the last two weeks or more. <laughs> um, but first, what are what are you drinking? What do you got? I'm drinking coconut cream coffee. Is it more coconut cream than coffee? No. What kind of <laughs> what kind of coffee is it? Uh, uh, don't I think it's Texas pecan. Mm. Yeah. Nice. It's I don't put that much cream. I put the same amount as you. <laughs> and also whipped cream on top. That's not the same as cream. It's whipped cream. Mm. Hence the whipped. Gotcha. Well, I've got a Houston blend. These are H-E-B Cafe Ole coffees, BT-dubs. Um, Houston blend with a cinnamon cream creamer, which I really like. That one's all right. It's like artificial cinnamon, so if you like putting cinnamon candy in your coffee, then you might like it, but real cinnamon, nah. Okay, well, I think it's good. And it is early in the morning, so that's why we have coffee, and might sound a little stuffy because it's cedar, cedar season, y'all, here in Texas. It's... Uh, no bueno. But we're going to do it. We got an episode for you, so let's just jump into it. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? You know why. Who says it like that? Babe. Okay. What is, okay. <laughs> so. You're quoting someone who was quoting someone else when he said that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Easter egg for you. Planted. Alright, the 11 movies that we will be discussing are three Toby movies, two, Toby yeah, Toby, whatever, <laughs> two Andrew Garfield movies, three Tom Holland movies, two Venom movies, and one Into the Spider-Verse movie. Those are the 11 we're going to be discussing. Don't touch That's the one right there. That's the list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, if you haven't seen the new Spider-Man No Way Home movie, <clears throat> spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, sorry, we're talking about it, so go watch the movie and then come back and listen. Thank you. Yeah, we're probably jumping around a lot, so this is your only spoiler warning. Yeah, I may or may not do timestamps on this episode, but it's sure to pop up several times, so just 
Go see the movie. Also, if you've ever seen Spider-Man 2001, you should go see that. Oh, yeah. There will also be spoilers spoilers for that. Yeah, spoiler warning (laughs) for that one. Okay. So, I feel like we need to rapid fire, kind of, our 11 list. Just without a whole lot of explanation. And then we're going to go through. We have a lot of different um, subcategories of bests because they're all good in their own way. Um, and that will further explain why we like a movie. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I have my notes. I'm prepared. Colton is uh, winging it. So, I'm winging it. let's see. We've had a version of this conversation before with my siblings. So, that's basically... That was, was your my... test run. So that's that's good. I don't need. I don't have a list to refer to. All right. Well, what's your number one? Are we going movies? You didn't tell me what the list was. Are we going best top movies? Yeah. Oh. That's the the main thing is we're ranking the movies one to eleven, and then we're going in <laughs> to our bests, our list of superlatives. Um, if you're just looking at those eleven movies, and it's assumed that you've seen all eleven movies, then my favorite movie is No Way Home. Me too. <laughs> I had a feeling I wrote most of this list before we saw the movie, and I placed yeah. it at the top, mm-hmm. just thinking, maybe. Hoping it would live up to all the hype. And it and did. And it did. 100%. And yeah, and then some, so it was it was great. Yeah. Um, but we're speedrunning it, you said? Uh, I mean, if you have a little comment, you can make about it here, but then we're going to go into the superlatives later. It is the best, I guess I said earlier, it's the best Spider-Man movie if you've seen the other... Well, not, not 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 necessarily the other ten, but you have to have had seen at least seen like Toby's trilogy and Andrew's movies, and then Tom Holland's other two movies, for this movie to be as good as it is. If Agreed. you went into this movie just like not saying anything else, you would be like so confused for most of it. Even if you had just seen Tom Holland's other two movies, but not Toby or Andrew's movies, it wouldn't be as good. True. It would be an okay Tom Holland movie. It would be like, it would just be okay, but. You wouldn't get any of the references or jokes or the emotional, the big emotional beats wouldn't hit the same. But if you had seen the other five movies that came out before Tom Holland was Spider-Man, and then you went in to see this, it's just the best, I mean, I don't know, just one of the best movies of fan service there is. But it's, it's, it's fan service done right and done in such a way that it... It's not like cheesy like fan service can be sometimes and it feels good and makes you excited for like what the future of the like franchise is um and the future of the character so yeah that's my general but even then we saw it twice um once with his siblings in imax and then we had to see it again for colton's birthday and we took my parents and my parents saw at least Two, potentially three, but I'm thinking they only saw two of Toby's movies, like, back in the day when they first came out, and did not see any of Andrew's movies. Yeah. yeah. But they've seen Tom Holland's movies, and they still thought it was good. Like, my mom was still freaking out when people showed up on screen because she recognized them from the other movies. Mm -hmm. And so, I think, yeah, they probably don't fully appreciate it like we do because we get everything, all the references, but I think they could still appreciate it and think it was a good movie. Yeah. That's fair. Next. All right, number two. Number two. Uh, for me, number two is a is a movie. 
We're just talking about movies as a whole, right? Yes. Okay. Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I say Spider-Man 1, Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man 1 was also good, but for me, for Tobey's trilogy, his first movie was great and it started it all, but it was uh, it was the first one and they were kind of trying to get the hang of it and t- trying to see what the vibe was. His second one's where it really took off. They, they got the feel for like the fandom, you know, and... and I don't know. I just feel like it was a bit more mature that he was getting out of high school and he was already out of high school and it felt like, I don't know, felt less cheesy than the first one. The first one for me, a lot of it felt like way too, like they were using way too many like superhero tropes and cheesy jokes. I get that was like the early 2000s. That was a lot of movies in the early 2000s, but the second movie wasn't as bad as far as that goes. Um, And for me, the second one was just overall better it felt like there was more of a connection between him and the villain uh, with Otto um like they, they there were more scenes with him and Otto before Otto went bad and and whatnot that made it more personal and then the final scene you know Otto, he finally convinces Otto to to stop it you know his his machine or whatever before it destroys New York and he does it and dies in the process but I don't know. For me, it's just it's just overall the better movie, and the reviews would agree. But yeah, interesting. <laughs> I just I grew up watching Toby and watching that movie, and now that you mentioned the superhero tropes, I think this was the only superhero movie I ever watched until you got me into Marvel a few years ago because I was so against like Spider-Man all that. 2? No, Spider Man One. Oh, one. <laughs> because uh, I was so against just all action no substance movies but i grew up watching toby play spider-man and that green goblin i think green goblin is just like the classic villain like yeah it doesn't i guess show him and norman a lot before he becomes a green goblin but it was his best friend's dad and so i still feel like there was that connection there and it was just so scary you know that he yeah. had the dual personality and him talking to the mask that scene terrified me as a kid and i don't know i just I hold a special place in my heart for that movie i mean one is definitely his first one's definitely we're very close um for sure. honestly yeah it's hard for me to like where i don't know where to place his first movie but it, it is really good and it is like i mean his first and second movie were like my, my entire childhood but I also just had a thought that the reason I think I like the second one more is actually based on the fact that there is a better video game based on mm, the movie. There you go. So, of course, me being a video game nerd, I have to tie it in, tie video games in somehow to this conversation. But, yeah, Spider-Man 2, the video game based on the movie, was the best Spider-Man game that had ever come out at the time. It was open world, and it, it might have been one of the first... Spider-Man, like, open-world games where you can just freely swing around New York City, like, and that as a kid was just amazing that they let you do that. Previous Spider-Man games, you play through, like, levels that were, like, New York, but they were, like, set-pieces kind of levels where you kind of play through it, and then, you you know, you're done, play through the next one. Spider-Man 1 had a video game like that. It was fun. I played it, but it, was, it wasn't it was as fun as, like, the open-world Spider-Man game. Like, Spider-Man 2 was, like, one of the first, if not the first game to do that. And giving the player like more freedom to do whatever they want and just be that character um, was just great. And it was obviously a game based on the second movie, so like you, you kind of were playing through the movie and the story beats of the movie, but there were also enough 
extra things thrown in there, like characters from the comics that they threw in. They weren't in the movie, but it was just cool that they threw those in. Like Mysterio showed up in the Spider-Man 2 video game, and like Rhino and some of the other villains showed up in the, his second game, but they weren't in the movie, obviously. But I don't know, just really cool. So I think that's another thing for me, another reason why the second one hits, or it hits so well is because of that video game. It's the nostalgia for the movie, but also the video game. Like hours and hours playing that game as a kid, so. Nice. Yeah. All right, number three then. So number three, I would almost say Toby's first movie, but this is, I think, those first two are just, for me, are just really good and will always be up there and, like, I don't know. The third the third, uh, third and on is where you start to get more in the gray area, like, yeah. Like, there's obviously, like, a, a middle group of movies that are, like, good, but they're not, like, top tier. I feel like Spider-Man 2 and uh, No Way Home are top tier uh, movies for me, personally. And then a bunch of them are kind of just mid-tier, and then you're going to have some that I think are just crap, bottom <laughs> tier. Um, but most of them are going to fall in this middle category. So, I think from here, that'll kind of be where my movies fall. So, um, third favorite... Uh, I don't know. I think third favorite for me has got to be... Oh, no, I can't even decide. You're making me decide on the spot. Your well, you were supposed to have notes well, prepared I ahead of time. Dude. We marathoned, y'all, in preparation, and I was taking notes the whole time. Dude. My number three is The Amazing Spider-Man 1. So, Andrew Garfield's I was going to one. say that one. Yeah. I was going to say that one. Um, that one used to not be... It used to just be, like... I don't know, I, I really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, and we'll get into that later, but, like, his, his movies at first didn't hit with me. Him as a character hit with me, but his movies didn't. Uh, his second movie definitely isn't as good as his first, but his first movie, after after the rewatch, I really enjoyed his first movie, and I think I realized that maybe that one is just really good overall, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't rely on you having seen other movies, like Tom Holland's kind of have, kind of rely on you seeing at least some of the other MCU movies. Yeah. Um, a bit, and so, but Andrew, Andrew's first movie, just Fresh New Spider-Man, he gets his origin, but they don't spend too much time on it, like, you know, they obviously know that you've seen it with Toby already, uh, but they do it in a more unique way that makes more sense than Toby's origin does, um, and obviously his Uncle Ben scene, mm-hmm. uh, his Uncle Ben's death is also just as emotional as Toby's, and, um, I don't know, where, where Toby's first movie felt like... More of a late '90s movie. Andrews felt like okay, we're actually getting into like, like I don't know, you know, more mature, a more mature Spider-Man movie. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, like a Spider-Man movie that was made for like our generation with the references and the jokes and stuff. Like it was more like you know, young millennial or old Zoomer kind of humor. Yeah. So when did those come out? His first one came out in two thousand. 10 yeah so we were sophomores in high school yeah and so, he's yeah. in high school so like it was it was made for like our generation mm-hmm. he's definitely uh, the closest to us in age yeah well i say that i actually think he's way older <laughs> i think tom holland's closest to us in age but yeah tom holland's like a year or two younger than us but he's... but in my head andrew's more like my yeah my age spider he was already in his like young to mid-20s when he made that first movie. yeah you're right they just made him look younger for the high school aspect anyway yeah i would say his his movie's next on that list and yeah i think overall it's it's really good and yeah i agree i agree there's more to say about it but we're gonna get to it in our superlatives so Mm -hmm. number four i have spider-man 2 
Toby Spider-Man 2. Toby Spider-Man 2. Yeah, 4 for me is probably where I would put... Um, I think I would put... I don't know. One of Tom Holland's movies, one of Tom Holland's movies would probably go here. Really? Um, yeah, but... I don't know which one. Like I said, all all of these middle ones are just gonna they're just gonna be merged together and like four to like eight or nine, I could go anywhere honestly, depending on how I feel or which one I like watched recently. That's true. Um, and then the bottom two are gonna always be in the bottom, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But <clears throat> same as like the top two are gonna be in the top. Oh, I forgot about Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. And the Venom movies. Oh, yeah. You're just I'm I'm just thinking about the Spider Man movies. I'm telling you. There's a lot to discuss. What did I put at number three? The Amazing Spider-Man 1. I've only seen Into the Spider-Verse once, but I might... Okay, you know, I'll, 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 instead of running the order, I'll go ahead and put that one at number four. Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, okay. I'd put that one at number four. Uh, I need to see it again. We don't yeah. own it, though, but Is it on I Disney? remember... No. Ugh. You gotta find a way to watch it. It's Sony owns it, and it's Sony's own thing. It's not connected to Marvel MCU they... in any way. But it's just really good, especially if you love like the character of Miles Morales. He's a different Spider-Man, basically, in like alternate universe Spider-Man. But anyway, um, if you haven't seen the movie, you should go see it. So spoilers for that. If you haven't, if you have any interest in Spider-Man, you should see it. It is a cartoon, but don't let that like make get you think. past that. Like everyone needs to get past that nonsense. If you still yeah. watch all of the Disney Pixar movies that come out, like you would love this movie. It's, it's just so good. I mean, it's just as mature and it's got the same beats and humor as any of the other Spider-Man movies. But it's they just, get to play around a little bit more, like, so, yeah, multiverse stuff, there's, like, a million different Spider-Men that show up, one of them is Nick Miller, Nick Miller, one of them is Nick Cage, one of them is John Mulaney as a pig, like, it's just amazing and yeah, hilarious. they do all sorts of crazy stuff. But, yeah, it's, Into Spider-Verse did the multiverse Spider-Man thing before it was cool, mm-hmm. and they did it really well, and I think because of its success, because Into the Spider-Verse was successful, I think that was what inspired them and what encourage them to do No Way Home um, multiversal stuff. Like, if, if Into the Spider-Verse flopped, then I don't think No Way Home would have been a thing. Oh, yeah. It would have been the same. Um, so, yeah, if you loved in- No Way Home, then you, ha- you probably have Into the Spider-Verse to thank for that. Bless you. Sorry, Sky's sneezing, apparently. Allergic to something. She was a Oh, poor baby. Get off the floor. <laughs> That was me at 6 a.m. this morning. Well, you guys get to be blessed with the dog sneezing ASMR. <laughs> anyway, In the Spider-Verse, really good. Uh, I'd only seen it once, but it, uh, I just, it's been a couple of years, but I just remember it being fun and just great to watch. And now, if you have seen No Way Home and you haven't seen Spider-Verse, I would say go see Spider-Verse because you've seen the multiversal thing with Spider-Man, and even though you don't know who necessarily these individual Spider-Men are, they do a good job at like introducing you to them and bringing them together in a unique way. And there's going to be a second one connected to this one. So, uh, and who knows? Maybe, I mean, even those cartoon, you never know when they'll try and connect it to the other stuff. Who Honestly. Knows? Who knows at this point? It could be, like, they could bring Tom Holland in as a cartoon version of his character, which would be pretty cool. You know, oh. there oh, were yeah. rumors about that for the first movie, but he didn't show up in it. But no, you never know. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Next. I put Into the Spider-Verse as number five, so... I agree, it's up there for sure, but we haven't watched it since we first watched it, and so mm-hmm. I can't fully elaborate on how good it was, but I remember being pleasantly surprised, because I was like, Ugh, an animated Spider-Man movie? Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably going to be cheesy and a little kiddish, 
but it actually turned out to be amazing. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, maybe this will convince you to see it. Gwen Stacy from an alternate universe becomes Spider-Man instead of Peter Parker. Yeah. That just sounds really cool to me. It's pretty cool. I love Gwen Stacy's character and all, all of the other material. Anyway, um, five for me. Now, this is probably where I'll put Tom, like one of Tom Holland's movies. Um, but which one is the question? I lean more towards Homecoming is better than Far From Home. But Far From Home's Far From Home's not bad. And like, like I said, this is mostly decided from the rewatch. I may have said something different like three weeks ago before we had the rewatch because I used to like really not like Homecoming. But since the rewatch, and like, I, I don't know, I really like Homecoming a lot more than I used to now. And I can appreciate it um, a lot more. I don't know. Tom Holland's first big entry into the MCU. Uh, the reason I didn't like it at first was because I was kind of getting tired of the high school Spider-Man story being told over and over. I wanted them to do an older Spider-Man because we had already seen the high school Spider-Man and Toby and Andrew. And then Tom Holland was even younger than they were doing the Spider-Man thing. And like, uh, at first with Tom Holland's movies, I just really did not like his movies. Like, I was just so used to Toby or Andrew. I just didn't appreciate Tom for what he did. But after some rewatches and after seeing him in the other material like Avengers and Civil War and stuff, I, I like him a lot more. He's the best Spider-Man, I think, for the MCU. Um, I agree. I think because I was expecting him to be like more like the other Spider-Man, but I think he had to do something new and fresh or, you know, with a character, and they had to do something that made sense with the already established MCU universe. I guess I kind of repeated myself. Marvel universe. That I think it makes sense, and it's I think it's the best situation we could have gotten because the fact that we even got Spider-Man in the MCU anyway is just amazing because of the fact that Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man and they were very adamant about not sharing him for a long time and they finally opened the door to having a conversation which led to Tom Holland being in the Spider-Man or being in the MCU and then now has led to like all of them being in the MCU. Sony's played ball a lot more recently and they've been been willing to work with Marvel which has been great and has allowed for some awesome movies that I thought I'd never get to see, so I, I'm still here for it. Good. You put that over Toby's first one. I know. I don't. I know. I said I like this first one, but and I, now it's like I'm lying about that. It just gets lower and lower. But yeah, probably. Dangum. Sorry, Toby. All right. So now where do I put Venom? <laughs> I like Venom. I like the first Venom a lot. But anyway. My number six is The Amazing Spider-Man Two. Andrew's second one. Uh oh. I still haven't put another Tom movie. I mean, it was number one was the latest one, but. Why do you like that one so much? Gwen Stacy, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just think it's so beautiful. I mean, in this rewatch, the MJ Toby nonsense was really annoying me. I feel like as a kid, I was like totally on team toby and like mj's being dumb they just need to be together and blah 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 blah. and now on the rewatch i'm like y'all are both being so stupid like it wowed me it wowed me that toby says they figured it out in no way home alluding to the fact that they're like together and married now like oh really after all that nonsense y'all figured it out like good for you i guess but it, it just really annoyed me but the andrew and gwen stacy stuff i loved I think it was really cool in the fact that like he felt the need to 
um, like break up with her because of her father and then he loved her too much so he couldn't do it but then he kept seeing her father and like how it all plays out in the end it's just like ah mm -hmm. I mean the villain in that one isn't anything to write home about but the yeah the Peter Gwen stuff is. I think Gwen is the, my favorite love interest of all the love interests yes which we'll get to later yes we'll get to that later <laughs> What, what's my number seven? I haven't done my six You yet? have not done your number six. Uh, this is where I'll put Toby's first Spider-Man. Why not? Okay, cool. Classic, not bad, maybe a little cheesy, maybe a little too, you know, uses too many traditional superhero movie tropes, but still, it's the movie that started it all, and the movie we grew up on originally, um, and has, yeah, one of the best villains of all of any spider movie mm -hmm. just because i'm putting it this low does not mean i'm discounting the villain i mean i would still probably put willem dafoe's performance as green goblin above i forgot the guy's name for that plays dr octavius i don't know um willem dafoe's green goblin is is probably the best villain yeah probably Which, of, again, we'll get to later yeah of any <laughs> movie but uh, as a whole like, he doesn't make the movie so i mean the rest of that movie is, is not bad but it could be better in my opinion Number seven, I put Far From Home above Homecoming. Far From Home? Yeah. I just really liked the whole Mysterio thing, and they kind of alluded to the multiverse being a thing, and then kind of took it away. They just kept sweeping the rug out from under us with Mysterio thing, with the Fury thing. I really liked MJ's character way better in this one than Homecoming. I was just annoyed with her. I don't know. Like, I, I know what you're saying about Homecoming being, like, the start of Tom Holland and his place in the MCU, but I I just like the story of the second one better. Hmm. Interesting. I, I'd probably put... I'd probably put that one at seven as well. Oh. Look, we met in the middle. But Cute. you like Andrew's second movie more, apparently, which is weird to me, but as a whole, I get that Gwen Stacy is a good character, but I wouldn't agree with the movie as a whole being better than uh, Far From Home. Far From Home, I mean, yeah, it's it's a little different because um, obviously it's Spider-Man not in New York or like not even in America, but I don't know, it was it was different in a good way and it didn't feel too weird. Mysterio has always been a good like fan favorite villain of mine. Yeah, I don't know, overall, I like it. And sometimes this movie might move up above some of the other ones like depending on like, yeah. when I've seen it, like I said. And then obviously like the reveal at the end of that movie... When mm -hmm. he, when Mysterio, Mysterio reveals that Peter is Spider Man, like that's one of the best like, post credit scene, scene uh, like ever. It's I don't crazy. think that's one of our superlatives actually, best end credit scene. But that would win. Yeah. Because our shock, like this is the first time he's been revealed mm -hmm. to the world, unmasked Spider Man, and the fact that it was J K Simmons. Oh my gosh, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And that same scene is the very first scene of, no of Way No Way Home. Mm -hmm. They literally jump right into it. Yeah, so, so good. So if, really, if anything, that was more than being an incredible scene to the previous movie. It was more like yeah, it was a, a plot sneak peek point. into the next movie and what you what you should expect. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Number eight, I put Venom, finally. I would also put Venom here. I thought it was really good, but as it doesn't 
fully connect to all the other stuff. And I know that's your biggest gripe with Venom is that there's no Spider-Man in this Venom because yeah. he is a Spider-Man villain. Mm-hmm. And that, again, goes back to the Sony-Marvel controversy. But on its own, I think the first Venom movie was actually really good. I really love Tom Hardy's performance. And mm. I think it's hilarious him talking to him and... I don't know. I I really like it. Well, yeah, it's great. I mean, they pay homage to the character, like of the like the comic book character, of uh, or version of that character very well. Um, the, especially the part where Venom like detach, like kind of detaches from him and like as a separate face talking to him, <laughs> like that's straight from the comics, and that like was a little weird to people. But the fact that they did that and were like referencing that was just really cool for people that had like read the comics or like maybe played some of the old video games. And yeah, for me. My attachment with Venom comes from, like, I never read a whole lot of comics as a kid. I read some, but my main, like, attachment to the Marvel stuff, especially Spider-Man, was watching the old TV show, uh, the cartoon TV show that came on, maybe Cartoon Network or something. I don't remember what channel it came on, but it was on TV a while back. Uh, but it was the TV, the old TV shows and the video games is, like, my childhood knowledge of the characters and stuff. And so Venom, in those things, he was always his whole character and personality is that he is obsessed with Spider-Man. He's not necessarily a bad guy. He, he is, he is like one of Spider-Man's villains, but only because he is always trying to attack or like kill Spider-Man in particular. He doesn't necessarily do bad things to other people. He's more of an anti-hero in that respect. He's just trying to like go after Spider-Man because he has this crazy obsession with Spider-Man with stopping Spider-Man. He's it's it's the symbiote. It's basically it holds a grudge against him, and so because of that, he 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 just hates really hates Spider-Man. And so it's weird for that. I mean that like characteristic of the character to be missing from Tom Hardy's Venom, and so they kind of had to I don't know like give the character different motivations and different reasons for doing things. And even in the Venom movies, he's still kind of an anti-hero. Like he he, he I don't know is illegally does certain things and the, the symbiote like wants to eat people and so he's having to train the symbiote to like no you can't eat people because that's bad um but you can eat like chickens and stuff like anyway but i don't know but that aside with what they basically with what they like had to work with because they obviously couldn't at the time that venom came out i don't think they were fully committed to doing spider-man and like and sharing spider-man and doing that stuff in the MCU and bringing him over to Sony, I think they were trying to do their own thing. And then I think because of the success of uh, of Tom Holland's Spider-Man and because of the success of Venom, originally they decided, you know what, let's let's bridge these two gaps here, bridge the universes, and and bring them together. But anyway, we'll get into that when we talk about the second one. But yeah, anyway, as far as the first one goes, I think the first one is better than the second one. But yeah, it's it's kind of this low on the list because there's no Spider-Man. Honestly, and like it would have been hard for them to have Spider-Man in this as Sony. Like I said, Sony owns the rights to Venom. And so in order to put Spider-Man into the Venom movies, they would have had to put another Spider-Man that wasn't Tom Holland, which would have been just too weird for, I think, audiences at that time. Now I feel like they could probably do something like that because now there's always a chance that they could bring Toby or Andrew back at any time. Um, and, and now it would make sense, like story-wise, to have two different actors playing Spider-Man like, at the same time. Um, because of the multiverse, so the multiverse just opens up so many options for Sony and Marvel to do their own thing, basically. So, anyway, agreed. You agree. <laughs> and I guess going in right into the next one, this is nine. 
I'd put uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage right after that. I mean, both of them still good movies, but yeah, they're both just kind of low for the same reasons. And uh, I guess... Above Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yes. Daggum, that's one of your lowest ones? That one and Spider-Man 3 are my bottom two. X-Nay, you're cheating. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I was referencing earlier that there are two at the bottom they're always going to be at the bottom it's just as movies as a whole I get that there are parts of those movies that I love especially Amazing Spider-Man 2 but anyway Venom 2 is 9 it's just not quite as good as Venom's first movie but it's not bad either I love Carnage Carnage is kind of similar to Venom in that he's a semi-villain and I really loved Carnage in the old TV show and video games but it's just one of those things where both characters like are usually, are, are, you know, their major shtick is that they hate Spider-Man and that you used to sing them fight Spider-Man and the fact that there's not a Spider-Man in their universe and that they're still there and fighting each other instead is just a little weird, but you kind of just have to get over that and just accept it for what it is, and so. And, uh, what's his name that played Carnage is really good. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's always good in everything he's in. Um, but yeah. I put Homecoming as 9 and Venom 2 as 10. As 10, oof. Yeah, I mean, again, it was good, it was okay, but it wasn't anything mind-blowing, and I think it's because they're trying to do this standalone thing that isn't really connected to the MCU. Like, now we have really high standards for superhero movies that are connected in this major universe, and the fact that Venom is just out here by himself, like, is super weird to me. And it just doesn't hold as much weight as these other movies do, because they are connected. Mm -hmm. I think... They are realizing that with the Venom movies. I think they know that they can't keep doing just Venom because, like, at this point, it's become a thing with the Venom movies for us to be eventually be expecting a Spider-Man, like, entrance into that universe. So, and then, so that kind of talking, or goes into, like, the end credit scene of his second movie, Mm -hmm. which, if you've, like, again, at this point, if you haven't seen No Way Home, you've probably already gotten spoiled. So, um, at the end of Venom 2... Venom is basically hiding out on some tropical island somewhere from, like, the feds after the events of his movie. And he he eventually blips or, like, gets teleported into another universe. And there's a T... It gets teleported in, like, this this little hotel room. And there's, like, a TV on the screen. And it shows Tom Holland's Spider-Man on the TV screen. And the Venom symbiote kind of takes over and looks at the TV and says, That guy. Um, Like, he recognizes him uh, or remembers him. And there was a previous line from the first Venom movie where Venom says, like, I am more ancient than you know, or something like that. Like, like the Venom symbiote is just really old. And he also says something about having the no- like the collective knowledge of multiple, like, existences and universes. Like, like the a symbiote. hive mind almost. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what the Venom... The Venom... Like, there's individual symbiotes, but they're all... They're either pieces from other symbiotes, or, like, the original symbiotes, like Venom's one of the original ones, are they were part of a hive mind that shared knowledge of multiple universes and things like that. So even though, like, Tom Hardy, his character, Eddie Brock, had no interaction with Peter Parker or Spider-Man in his universe, um, the Venom symbiote that attached to him may have come from another, like, universe when it attached to Eddie. He had, that symbiote had had knowledge of Spider-Man from a previous universe. And so that's why Venom got pulled into... Tom Holland's universe because the whole story point of No Way Home was that it was villains and heroes and friends, anyone that basically knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man got pulled into that universe for No Way Home 
Um, it's just that we didn't get to see a lot of those people because of obviously like time restraints and they had to have some kind of movie that made sense. But so that made us think that Venom was going to be a villain in the next or in No Way Home, but he wasn't. He was more of a plot point at the end for No Way Home's end credit scene. He just gets two end credit scenes. That's yeah. all you get. Um, which showed, because Venom didn't show up at all in the whole movie for No Way Home, and then he shows up again in the end credit scene, and he's like at a bar in Mexico asking this bartender all these questions about this universe. Like, oh, there are people with like superpowers here, and there's like a bunch of them. It's like, oh, there's a big green guy. There's a weird alien who <clears throat> loves rocks. Yeah. Aliens don't alien. love rocks. <laughs> yeah, purple alien who loves rocks. And he's asking about the blip, like people being gone for five years, and he's learning about it. And then, at the end of his end credit scene, he starts like fading away again, like back to his universe, and then he disappears. And but, then the he leaves behind. Camera pans and shows a tiny little drop of Venom symbiote that got left behind, um, interestingly, which basically hints at the fact that we might get a Venom in the MCU with Tom Holland. That might be Tom Holland's next movie, maybe, which would be really cool. But it might not be the same Venom as, like, Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock Venom. He got pulled back into his universe, so who knows what's what's going to happen with him. But he's also getting pulled back into his universe with the knowledge of the MCU, which is interesting. That is true. Because, so Venom 3 might start interacting or might be pulling in Spider-Man, but maybe it's not Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Maybe it's another Spider-Man. Maybe it is Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like, who knows? With the multiverse stuff, they could do all sorts of stuff going forward. Um, but also you have a new Venom who might attach to someone else in the MCU, whether it's a new, like, Eddie Brock, or whether it's, like, Flash. Or... I was going to say, was that you or Bridget saying Flash is going to be the new well, Venom? I mean, in the old comics, Flash did, like, have the, somebody attached to him at one point. Oh, really? Very shortly, yes. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Eddie Brock's the main Venom, but Flash has been Venom as well. Because he's obsessed with Spider-Man. Yeah, which would make sense, but they'd really have to, like, <laughs> like I don't know change that character a bit more for me I, like he's funny he's a good joke in the mcu right now flash having being obsessed with spider-man but it's more of like a he's more of like a like internet personality like like obsessed with spider-man like Ellen friends with spider-man he does it for like popularity points and yeah. it doesn't make much sense if he becomes venom i'm gonna be like okay you're gonna have to like really like mature this character a bit yeah he's... If, if you're gonna make him a villain which who knows they, I mean, they could even bring Tom Hardy into the MCU. Maybe there is a Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy, or Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock in the MCU that hasn't gotten the Venom symbiote. So maybe you could get two versions of Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock, separate universes, maybe. Um, and maybe you could still have Tom Hardy in the MCU. Who knows? You could do, they could do whatever they want at this point. And at this point, I'd be happy no matter what they do. <laughs> Honestly, <clears throat> they can do whatever they want and we're going to watch. Yeah. We're going to buy tickets. At this point. <laughs> Okay, so, what's your number 11? Number 11? 10 and 11. We haven't gotten 10 or 11. Oh, sorry. My number 10 was Venom 2. What's your number 10? 10 and 11, for me, are the bottom two, and they're just not as good as the rest of the movies. Top two are really good, and they're set apart for me. The rest of them are kind of in the middle. They could kind of go either way. The bottom two are always going to be bottom two. So, 10 is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like... I've said before, I love Andrew Garfield, I love Gwen Stacy, Emma Stone, I just don't think his second movie is good as a movie. The villains suck, like, and the, like, writing and the, like, motivation for the villains and some of the characters just does not make sense. 
Um, the only saving grace for that movie is Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone relationship. Um, and then, uh, and then the death scene at the end, I think is one of the best scenes in sure. all of Spider-Man, which sucks that that best scene is, is hidden in a horrible movie. Um, I remember seeing that movie in theaters and like going in with a lot of excitement because I really loved Andrew's first movie at the time. I didn't like it as much as I do now, but I still really liked it. Um, and was really excited to see what they do because in Andrew's Spider-Man movies, they explain more of like why Peter Parker in particular gets the powers and like why it's mm-hmm. not just some random schmuck off the road. Like if anyone was bit with the spider thing, they would have died, but Peter didn't because of basically what his dad did, um, experimenting before his dad died. And basically yeah, I do love where, like the Peter Parker or the Parker blood was the basically key to the spider serum or whatever that they use. And so when he gets bit by that spider in the first movie, it's a spider with that same serum. Um, and because his blood was like the, was the key, you know, solution mixed with the, with the, uh, the spider venom stuff, it made him Spider-Man. No one else could be Spider-Man unless his, his dad technically could have been Spider-Man, I guess. Um, and any kid Spider-Man has will be Spider-Man, but only people with like that Parker blood will be, would have been able to have been given powers basically anyway yeah i do love how andrew's spider-man has parents yeah parents aren't even mentioned for any other spider-man yeah Yeah. Uh, i like and they're not like a huge part but they're just enough to get like a little bit of backstory and kind of explain a few things and well i think it it adds to the tragedy of spider-man like not only does his uncle ben die but he had two parents that died too Mm -hmm. or like gave him up for adoption to his parents to like his aunt and uncle when he was young like for some reason he doesn't have biological mom and dad and so that is a tragedy in itself and then he doesn't have an uncle ben and then you know later on more crap happens to him poor spidey or aunt may or aunt may or gwen or his friends forget him i can't Mm mm-hmm Okay, but we can all agree, number 11, Spider-Man 3, Toby, and yes. Topher Grace, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, that one suffered this, with the same problems as Amazing Spider-Man 2, in my opinion, except it was just, the problems were just way worse. The villains were all horrible, except for Harry. Harry was the only, like, good villain. True. And he was the only good villain because he actually had, like, a personal story and history with Spider-Man. And he, I honestly, looking back at that, like, if they had just done Harry as the villain of the third movie and focused more on that, it would have been way, like, way better. Um, but the Venom in, Sp- in, in Toby Spider-Man 3 was horrible. Like, the guy that got to play Eddie is just, like, a joke. Like, literally, that 70s show, like, sequel or whatever. Like, it was just not a good actor choice for that. And... Well, like, Eric Foreman sucks too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's his the thing. Character, his character motivation, like every single character in the movies, their motivations just do not make sense to me. Yeah, and the fact that there were how many villains? Three. Yeah. At least. There were yeah. Sandman, Venom. Sandman, Venom, and then Hobgoblin with Harry. Yeah, Sandman wasn't bad. He wasn't a bad villain of that movie. He, it's just like. But you're more so, as a, as a viewer, you're more so thinking, like, why do I care about this guy? And then they make it where he's apparently the guy that killed Uncle Ben in the first movie, which was kind of jarring as a viewer, because you thought it was this one guy for, you know, three movies, and then all of a sudden it's this other guy. 
And like, they, I feel like that was kind of shoehorned into that movie just as a plot point, just to make it more interesting, even though it wasn't interesting. I don't know. And then obviously the the horribleness that was Tobey Maguire's Dark Spider-Man, like when he has a symbiote, like all, I mean, it's turned into a meme at this point, which you know, that's the only redeeming thing of Tobey's Spider-Man 3 is that there's just been so many memes that have been born from Bully Maguire, which is the nickname given to him when he has the has the dark symbiote in him, like in him basically. Yeah, now it's just funny. It's just funny. Rewatching it, you're like, oh, you it's so cringe. It. it was like the cringiest like cinema in the world, and now it's kind of funny because people made fun of it enough. But it's just not not great. I don't know whose idea it was to to do that. Like it would have been fine if he become a jerk you know obviously when he got the symbiote because that's what the symbiote does it brings out anger and aggression in people but it was just the way it was done was not not very well handled anyway well we've already talked for 45 minutes on our 11 spider-man movies ranked so i think we need to take a break and y'all are gonna have to come back next week to hear our 11 superlatives of spider-man so yeah, sorry, this is going to be a two-parter, but this is what happens when you get the two of us together talking about nerdy stuff. You got it. Thanks for joining me for 11Zs. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, subscribe, tune in each Thursday, and tell your friends. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at KDSubcreations, and check out my blog and other free content at the link in the description. Now go where you must go and hope.